This week on the podcast, as Abraham Lincoln says, if you ain't for the people, you can't buy the people. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Welcome everyone once again to the Magnificently Huge Podcast. My name is Brian and this week my friends Chris and Eric are going to join me to talk about 1990's Warren Beatty directed and starring vehicle Dick Tracy. Dick Tracy was uh, you know, it was an old comic book back in the day. Uh, it was set in the 1930s. It's a gangland thing with a futuristic cop with a radio TV wristwatch and a yellow suit and he is square jaw and it it, it was kind of old fashioned and dated in the 80s but then for whatever reason it got made into a movie and then it got marketed as though it was the second coming of Batman and uh, it's a it's a funky little movie it 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 uh, it really has it, it's hard to compare to anything else it was shot in a way that that no other movie's been shot it was designed in a way that no other movie's been designed and it really is one of the last great optically composited movies it was the very last movie to use a technique called yellow screen for making the the mats and the masks it is an anachronism of a movie and uh, we gave it a we gave it a fresh look. So check the timestamps for when we talk about that and all the other things we talk about in our in our other segment, the fresh shit where we talk about new things. And uh, as always, uh, we're always looking to grow the show. So please subscribe to the podcast, share it on your social media feeds with your friends, and if you want to reach out to us, go to our website maghuge.com, m-a-g-h-u-g-e.com. You'll find links to all the ways to contact us there. All right, let's uh, let's do the thing. As it turns out, living a life fat, drunk, and stupid is optimal. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast. I'm Eric. Hi, Eric. Thanks for that bit of knowledge. You get to a certain age and you go, wait a minute, why didn't I? I'm Brian and and I'm living optimally. So, yes. Uh, I'm not so much just because apparently after my physical recently, I have slightly high blood pressure, slightly high cholesterol. So all of that hard living catching yeah. up to me now mm-hmm. you got to try harder man you got to get high uh, uh, cholesterol and high better drunk yeah. yeah stupider come on Better, drunk exactly. or stupider i mean i've got the stupider part down it's just the other two that are work man it's <laughs> fucking work i mean how much time do we really need you know we we've kind of been been beating this life thing to death yeah really <laughs> uh i'd just like to uh refer you to the Public announcement by Henry Gibson from Kentucky Fried Movie. Despite millions of dollars of research, death continues to be our nation's number one killer. <laughs> so, <laughs> thanks for that. Uh, welcome to the program, A. How are we today, A? Very chipper with all this death talk, eh? A. I mean, it beats talking about fucking former guy, Trump for whatever we want to call him. Oh, fuck so yeah. So, just... 
No, I mean, it's been that. a great week of, of news for that. I'm not going to go into it, but <laughs> fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah. So. How about we just get to our segment where we talk about what we're into lately called the, okay. the fresh shit. Okay, but first, uh. I'm just going to say that the the uh, most self-proclaimed billionaire now sells shoes. I think that's that's a step forward. Hey, uh, they're freedom sneakers or whatever the fuck they're called. And the, the black folk love them for it because apparently black folk love sneaker peddlers. Oh my God, that's the best. <laughs> it's like, God, dude, tell me you don't understand ethnic relations without telling me you don't understand ethnic relations. I am finding that say. fucking clip. That's all I'll say. I am finding okay. the clip of the Fox News host guy being accidentally completely racist. This is connecting with black America because they love sneakers. They're into sneakers. They love the, you know, th this is a big deal, certainly in, in the inner city. Hey, the black the blacks want the shoes, according to Trump, right? So... Yeah. And and yeah. because he has a mugshot, they identify with him now. Yeah. He's a he's a dissident, fellas. It's Haven't so you heard the wild. news? He's a political dissident, this Donald Trump. How do we talk about movies and TV <laughs> when our world is now so fucking crazy? I mean, it literally is on fire, is it not? It's amazing. I'm uh I'm so thrilled that we were born at the time we were born so that we could be feeble and old as <laughs> the world collapses around us. We watch helplessly. <laughs> we have an yeah. excuse not to to be part of the solution. Yeah. Okay. But speaking of watching helplessly, what what did you all watch helplessly oh, this week? There we go. I'm curious. Yes. The, the fresh shit. Mock mock two point oh. This shit is fresh. I got back into Mr. Robot, which I had stopped watching years ago. I like we got through season two and just sort of forgot about it. And then we were like, eh, let's let's check it out again. We have uh, Amazon Prime for a month or so here. And it is so goddamn good. It is so good. It is. I still need to watch good. that. I have Sam Esmail is, I've never is seen now. It. Yeah, he's 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 now my Guardo Camino. I, I, I I'm I need to watch everything he's ever done. There are like music drops throughout that are just my playlist from forever, from like, you know, very obscure Philip Glass drops to, you know, movie soundtracks from the 90s, only we would know, shit like that. Uh, but also it's it's a great tale of hackers trying to basically get back at the man and just making things worse. <laughs> As we do. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, why not? Why not? Because it's, uh, what's his face? The guy that played Freddie Mercury. Yeah. yeah. Rami Malek. And, is that his name? And, okay. Yeah. And his his uh, uh, partner in crime, Christian Slater. Fuck. Is he still doing the Christian Slater voice? I don't think he cannot do the Christian. It's, yeah. It sounds it's, less it's, Nicholson y, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, but he's know. like old, balding, gray haired Christian Slater. Yeah. But like literally everything about Christian Slater always reverts back to Heather's for me. Yes, anytown, me anytime. Put a ham and cheese in the microwave and feast on a turbo dog. Which is oh, funny because we on, that's because we viewed that as I've a, ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> we, we viewed that as a Jack Nicholson impression at the time. Like he was just doing Nicholson, yeah, but apparently that's exactly. so naturally his shtick that that's just, just him doing it. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to put this on the floor. Like we can put a pin in it, but at some point down the road, we need to find the movie Cuffs and do a show about that because nobody remembers that fucking movie. Yeah, I remember the poster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, there you go. That anyway, was, yeah. 
No, it's the thing is this generation uh, will have the same thing with Austin Butler and Elvis. He will not be able to escape Elvis now. Mm, true. Mm -hmm. Well, then he's Austin Butler said he had to get like a a speech coach to help him get rid of the Elvis isms in his well, speech. I'm, I'm certainly waiting for him to get his money's worth back because if you watch that uh, <laughs> World War II thing he's in right now, he's it's Elvis all over the place. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a little I've, too I've, been, I've been reading AI. press like his co-stars are annoyed by it. Like he just, I mean, just yeah, keeps doing all of it. <laughs> I mean, have you seen his face? I mean, I've not seen anything that he's done, but I see his face and I'm already annoyed. So I'm kind yeah. of avoiding anything I, he's in. I think he's in a couple of those CW shows or whatever, uh, you know, for the kids. <laughs> the, the, the UPN. I'm looking yeah. forward to him uh, being uh, Fade Rautha in uh, the second Dune movie because oh, that's true. That's true. He'll finally Dude. be able to get that that fade Rautha line correct when he goes, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah, I think recently it reminds me of a one of the few things that's made me laugh in the couple, last couple of weeks. But uh, comedian Taylor Tomlinson has this like late night show called After Midnight. It's like a pseudo game show, but it's not. Anyway, she had a they were brought up Dune, and she's like, or as I like to call it, Sleepy Star Wars, and it just <laughs> made me laugh. I'm like, that's the most succinct description of Dune I have ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> oh so, my god, that's hilarious! Yeah. Anyway, thanks for letting me share that's, that. <laughs> that's what my wife said. She's like, yeah, when when they announced the second one was coming out, she's like, you're on your own. I'm like, e yeah, really. You saw the first one. You want to see how it ends? It's like, well, does anything happen? <laughs> apparently apparently a lot of things happened in the second one because they spent the first one doing all the setup so oh, yeah. yeah and the that's, that's saying what they're it's gonna say non-stop action that's what they're gonna say about the rebel moon part two i guarantee it oh fuck you. Like, oh, remember that remember that shitty one you saw like three months ago forget everything you saw this one's gonna be so much better i promise yeah you. <laughs> I'll, i will I'll, I'll hold the football for you this time charlie brown <laughs> Yeah, yeah, thanks, Zack Snyder. If you know <laughs> that your first one is going to be boring, maybe you need to give up linear storytelling. You know, correct. Sort of mix mm -hmm. in some of the good stuff. I don't know. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, I mean, your jelly they're... donut has all the jelly on one side of it, and the other is all bun. <laughs> hey, the yeah. invasion scene in the first Dune movie is freaking epic, especially if you see it in IMAX. It's I love it, the yeah, first intense. Dune movie. I mean, I'm just yeah. saying. I mean, you know, for the uninitiated, they're probably like, "What's going on, and why is it going on?" Yeah. For anybody curious, you can go back uh, and see our Dune for Dummies by Dummies episode. I would just guarantee. Ooh, just good pull. Listen to that. Yeah. Good times. Good times. <laughs> so, Mr. Mm. Robot. Anything else about Mr. Robot, Eric? I don't want to give anything away because there's so much that can be given away. Does that make sense? Mm. It's like there's yeah. a lot of twistiness to it. Um, yeah. yeah. It's not Mad Bed, man. It's, yeah, there's, there's just yeah there's there's a lot of surprises in this show and so i i highly recommend it that's all i can say right uh, okay so how many seasons are there four uh we and got through three and then tanya is going on the 80s cruise this week with brian uh and his wife and uh, a lot of other people who aren't me and then uh we'll watch season four but we're holding it while she's gone gotcha okay well i i hope it's enjoyable <laughs> I hope it brings you much satisfaction. Yeah, I I don't know. I I'm kind of I'm kind of happy that uh, Rami Malek can get other work because I watch this and I go, how can he do anything but this? He's just so weird looking. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Got, I mean, got did, bug eyes of Bond villain. Teeth. I mean, you, yeah. you saw wow, this, that makes the, sense. But you saw the Pacific, right? The HBO miniseries. Yeah. Because yeah. he plays like the creepiest dude mm -hmm. in that. And it's just like, what in the fuck am I watching? It's like, you're, you're really just creeping me out, man. So anytime he was on screen in that thing, I just got the ickies. You know what I yeah. mean? It's funny. Yeah. He has a twin brother. I thought that was in itself kind of funny that, that, you know, that he has a twin brother, but his yeah. twin brother is not an actor. And I guess in college, his twin brother had some class where he had to recite some, something from a Greek tragedy or something like that. And so he just got Raimi to show up as him and they <laughs> fooled everybody and he just did the thing. You know, nice. I'm like, that's, that's funny. That's, I love stories like that. That sounds like a episode of the Patty Duke show. If I might be honest Ooh, here, it does. Cause they're cousins, identical cousins. Okay, yeah. Sorry, identical cousins wow. doesn't happen. Your 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 dad fucked your aunt. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, that was a deep cut. I apologize for that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it it definitely cuts. Um, yeah. I watched a lot right. of TV as a youth. I'm sorry. I what else you got, Eric? Can't. For this, that week. was it. That okay, I really did. I got little. I got a grab bag of just little things this week. I want to I want to get to so, um, couple of unusual, I guess you'd call them sports, uh, that I was seeing sports? on YouTube. Sports? Question mark? Question well, mark? Okay, so one of them, <laughs> like like pickleball, I, I, is that a sport? No. <laughs> I'm waiting. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead i can see the floor uh, to the good senator from arizona one of them if you uh if you go on youtube uh and you and you search for japanese precision walking i don't know how the youtube algorithm <laughs> presented me with this but this is a, this I, I find this very entertaining i mean you have these whole teams of people it's basically like japanese marching band right like you know they're 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 on a like in a gymnasium and they've got these very specific moves that they need to do and they need to walk in exactly the same stride at the same pace and there's some dude I mean, yelling prompts in japanese at them and do you think that's some sort of like weird training for like that weird intersection in tokyo that's just it's like where thousands of people are crossing every every minute do you think it's something like that it's just baked into their and they're just they're, improving they're their culture. time. Yeah. I mean, maybe. But they they certainly they certainly do uh, moves where it's like the people are at high risk of running into each other at high speeds as they're sort of, you know, scrambling and unscrambling themselves in very geometric ways. Um, <laughs> it's it's so Japanese, it's so dumb, but I kind of so, love it. So so you can't figure out what search parameters you were using that would lead to the algorithm to go, I, oh, he might like this. I Speed assume, walking in synchronicity. I assume that it's either my, you know, my following of battle bots or or maybe some of the domino tumbling things or that marble yeah. racing thing we were watching. Like but somehow or someone's yeah. stealing your Wi Fi. Oh yeah. god damn. Or it. you're just or you're just watching some really weird porn that we don't know about. That that all yeah, silence bots and hentai, <laughs> no, and now you've no. got Japanese precision. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, no, not silence. A couple of minutes ago, once weird in Japanese came up, I thought to myself, why is it the Axis powers of World War II are all into shit porn? What is that? <laughs> I mean, like, when, because when America kicks your ass, boy, you know it. I guess that's it. Yeah. yeah low self esteem. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Any um, <laughs> and then the, the other sport that, that I'll call out here, this, so this is an India thing. We're, we're in India and it's like the cricket world cup is going on. And so like every TV 24 seven is showing cricket, except for at one point, the sports network was showing a sports I'd never seen before called Kabaddi K A B A D D I. Um, is that the one where they have like the, like the miniature football field and they basically just try to run 20 feet to get into the end zone? I don't know if there's a football field or anything. It looked like a, a gymnasium to me. Basically, and you'll pardon my old Gen X uh, way of putting this because I don't know how else to describe it. It's smear the queer. Okay. It's, <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. No, six- I'm, I'm looking it up now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen this. You can see this on uh, on Hulu from time to time if you have like the sports stuff on there. Yeah, and, uh, it's, 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 it's six so on weird. one yeah. tag slash wrestling where there's like yeah. a team of six dudes and one other person in a different on the other team and and they just trying to get this guy out. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is I, yeah, I will grant you that I saw it once and I was like, what in the fuck is going on? And then my wife and I ended up watching it for like 30 minutes because we were just like, what in the hell is this? Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you should look it up, Eric. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah check out kabaddi check out japanese precision walking if you're bored and you need something in front of your eyeballs and you don't really care about the outcome you could do worse and, um, and just for future reference brian it's mull the homosexual that's what that's what they call oh, it now. damn it okay <laughs> the more you know bum, 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 bum. yeah uh, I, I always Nobody thought really of it more as this. you know when i would play i think the game was generally called run bitch as then as then i was the bitch and i needed to run <laughs> i think that's uh, a much better name i would play that run yeah. bitch <laughs> i mean it's like when you would play red rover and then you would always get clotheslined like yeah. it, that always happened to me like you could never break through because you always chose the wrong link in the chain and you would just get your ass handed to you. It's like, I don't know why when we grew up, like schoolyard games were just so brutal. Dodgeball, that. That was one the teachers made us play when they couldn't think of anything for us to do for like a half hour. And they just sent us out in the field to play Red Rover. And and then the violence would erupt and I'd be like, they don't know. They don't know (laughs) that this is a violent game. They think they they think like dodgeball or or something oh, you, is you think like they don't know one play <laughs> they're not getting sadistic jollies watching these fucking kids <laughs> yeah. oh good point. if i good point. if i were a professional educator you know for fucking fact i would be out there with dodgeballs and red rover I yeah, would but just, when kids yeah. are bleeding and crying you probably have to like do paperwork and junk i'm guessing they're like just do f- anything for 30 minutes yeah. I'm gonna go hide, <laughs> hide behind get that, that stupid energy and out and be tired when you get back yeah. in the yeah. classroom, please. Yeah. Everybody please. just sit down and shut up for 10 minutes. Okay, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> the other kids don't uh, like you, Eric, and neither do I. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure that's exactly what the teacher said to you. Yeah. And you're not very funny either. <laughs> <laughs> 
Smart guy. Smart guy talking back. Oh, no, no. I'm uh, quoting Eric's own thing to him. One of Eric's, uh, one of my favorite <laughs> short <scripts> films <laughs> wrote, yeah, um, had the line, uh, well, it is true. You're a terrible bore and nobody loves you. <laughs> and you're not very funny either. <laughs> yeah. That's somebody's mother talking to their, anyway. Yeah, I wonder uh, yeah. who's. <laughs> so you've just been slumming it on YouTube. No, hey, I, this is this this is stuff I've had sitting in the chamber. I do I do have one other topic I want to kind of just discuss, uh, which I suspect neither of you have any opinions on whatsoever. Which is oh, we've current, got opinions. The current state of AR and VR. Um. Ah, uh, so, yeah. So Apple released that, that Apple their, thing. Yeah, their thirty five hundred dollar Vision Pro headset thing. And or as I like to call it, how to walk into traffic without realizing. <laughs> well, so I think Apple's on to something here with um with the AR because I think that having played a number of VR uh, headsets and games, it is isolating, it is cumbersome, and and even in the latest VR stuff, they have like these modes where you can kind of see the room around you with the headset on, so that you can like deal with the rest of the world. Um, but I think AR makes this? more sense in terms of being able to sort of integrate technology with the rest of the world. And I don't think it's a great platform for playing games or there's only a specific type of game that, that makes any sense. It, it feels like it just is, a you know, Johnny mnemonic getting your, your computer files in order kind of a thing. That's what it always seems like to me. Every time I see someone wearing those goggles and that's just. Have, Johnny have you actually ruined used that it? for me. Is that what this is I haven't. leading to? You've, I, well, or you no, just... I haven't. I have a number of former coworkers who have been all over social media singing its praises and going, guys, I'm telling you, this is like the moment I had when I saw the first generation iPhone. It's rough, but it's clearly the future. And I'm like, great, I'm going to wait a few years until it's not so rough and not so yeah. expensive. And maybe that price, I'll fuck in. yeah. And maybe um, maybe make sure that not everybody that's using it is turning into some sort of automaton zombie at the will of Apple. I, yeah, or, I, or if they just end up being douches like with when Google Glass was a fad. <laughs> yeah, um, I just, or the I Nintendo of, Gamer Club. Yeah. I think of uh the the Virtua Boy and and like the massive headaches I would get playing that for like ten minutes and I every time mm -hmm. I see one of these headsets, I go, Yeah, I can see me throwing up wearing that. Oh yeah. I mean so I did buy I did buy the PlayStation VR two. I have one of those uh, hooked to my PS five, and I'll tell you that playing Gran Turismo with that thing on is a next level immersive experience. Like it's really good, um, mm. but okay. it will make you seasick because the more sort of believable the illusion is, the more sensitive you are to like like. When I'm playing Gran Turismo, if the road pitches a bit on a curve or whatever, and my room doesn't, I notice that, right? Well, so you know, start, as, starts to get you. As, as Sparks once saying, "Take lots of drama, mean it'll go away." You know, <laughs> I was, you know, if you they could figure out a way though to attach that to this is going to sound like a, a you know I'm a bad haha -ha, but i'm being i'm being serious if they can figure out a way to attach this to like a treadmill so that you can play oh, yeah. skyrim and actually have to walk or run 
God damn, that would you people would finally be able to get in shape playing video games and it would prove reality yeah. sucks. Anything or, you can make up is much better. Yeah. So or Skyrim would just fucking tank because it requires physical effort. One of the two. <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, there's, then you turn it off and you just play like normal, but you know. Okay. The, gotcha. There's a guy actually who invented uh, an omnidirectional treadmill that more than one person can get on. And oh. And like they won awards this year for this invention. So like that technology is out there. It's just cumbersome and expensive. But that was that I, was like one of the missing elements to making a holodeck work is, you know, yeah. so that everybody can walk around in a small room and pretend it's. Oh. A See, this is this is my retirement plan. Please build the matrix so that I can like instead of like being feeble and I can like fly and shit, right? Like put my brain in a jar and let me take up less space and I'm good. You know, go ahead. So, so basically your life's ambition is to be Joey pants from the matrix. Sure. I know it's yeah. not steak, but when I put it in my mouth, it tastes like steak. Ignorance is bliss, baby. <laughs> Bring it. Uh, yeah. Oh my God. Plug me in and okay. turn me off. It's fine. There you go. Um, We're all there. All right. Ooh, that, okay. That's me. And then, that's me this week. No, no. Now I've got all sorts of thoughts in my head. Like, okay, so then you look at Neuralink, where they're going to plug the computer like directly into your head, and then when you're old and you have Alzheimer's, basically, you know, your the channel in your head keeps changing, but with that, <laughs> the world will change with it. So it's like you, you're now switching subjects, thinking, you know, you're, I don't know, you forget where you are and you you go on to a different topic. But then the world around you goes with you. That would be handy. Oh, I mean, that, oh, wouldn't that be cool if you could give a person who had dementia control over the scenario that other people were seeing and you just watch like some <laughs> crazy tripped out you, reality happen oh, around you? I don't, oh, yeah. who are you? Oh, did we meet already? Who are you? Ah. <laughs> be like that. Be like that. Like, like, Andy cartoon from when, you know, from the 80s. Just be like I mean, tripping balls. And then the all stoner the kids would all want to come over all the time because they'd get to, you know, like trip at this really wild experience yes. that the old guy next door goes through. I mean, all I can tell you is that the I think the the one bit of pop culture that nailed all of this 100% is in Rick and Morty when you when you have Roy a life well lived like the entire thing is just an immersive game about a guy living a really boring life. <laughs> I mean that to me is what it would end up being every time. You know what I mean? It's just uh, All right, the, Chris, uh, fresh shit me. What do you got? Uh well, if Eric is uh, enjoying Amazon Prime for the moment, I have one uh, for him mm -hmm. and you, Brian, if you feel like it. I randomly just scrolled past it one time, and, and it's got a title called Freaks versus the Reich. Uh, I guess in other <laughs> areas of the world, it's called Freaks Out. But basically, it's like a weird... Uh, it's like if Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro did the X-Men origin story but it was set in World War II. It's got that kind of a vibe, but it's it's set in Italy because it's an Italian film. Set in Italy in like 1943, there's a, a band of circus performers who are basically freaks and they all have like mutant powers. So you've got a girl that uh, can electrocute people. Uh, you've got a guy oh that controls bugs. You've got uh, a very hairy beast man who's uh, very strong. And then you have a little person or a dwarf in the case of circus parlance who's magnetic uh 
and the kind so of it's like Doom Patrol and the X Men, but also yeah, yeah, it's it's very okay. Doom Patrol because it's got this weird tragic underpinning to all of the stuff going on, and then basically there's uh on the flip side on the Nazi side there's a a powerful mutant who's got twelve fingers, so basically got an extra digit on each hand, and he's a very accomplished pianist. And people line up to come see him, but he also gets visions if he takes a bunch of ether and he sees the future. And so he knows that these mutants are out there and he's trying to collect them uh, to give to Hitler so that they can win the war and avert the vision of seeing Hitler killing himself. And so he's got this like very German powerhouse circus called the Circus Berlin. And he's basically just gathering up all of the freaks he can find <laughs> <laughs> along the way and he's experimenting on them and torturing them to find out if they're the ones and so it's like this parallel stories and then eventually the mutant family uh squares off and wins not giving anything away you, not like you can't tell where this is going but oh, it's also very God damn it with the spoilers <laughs> yeah wait but a minute it's, so so what you're saying is in this version hitler kills himself in a bunker in this version of history yeah apparently mm. uh so it's got like elements that you've As seen opposed to like trying to get elected president by selling gold sneakers yeah, yeah. Yeah, or which, getting shot yeah. to death in a balcony by the inglorious bastards right yes. right right okay. uh but the uh but the villain of the piece the the 12-fingered man uh everybody thinks he's nuts but he keeps going because his brother's like high up in the, the reich or whatever uh so it's like these parallel stories and then the the guy that runs the circus the patriarch is a, is a jew and his name is israel which is a little too it's on all but uh but he gets separated from him and he ends up on the train to go to the camps and then they got to go find him and then there's like a big thing at the end uh so i was very pleasantly surprised by this i just clicked on it because it's called freaks versus the reich and if there's nothing i like better <laughs> it's uh movies where nazis get killed real good so that's always a bonus I feel uh, like we can all that, agree that 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 Nazis are disposable <laughs> Nazis. and should be killed, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, Nazis we all agree yeah, on yeah. that. Nazis are bad. I think, right? Oh, Kurt yeah. Vonnegut said that uh, Nazis will live forever in movies because of the great uniforms. I think it's oh, similar yeah. to that. You know, they, it's like, you don't have to feel bad killing a Nazi. What's oh, what's the line yeah. from Sin City? The nice thing about a uh, hitman, you can do anything you want to him and never feel bad about it. It's yeah. Ditto Nazis. Mm -hmm. well it's like that mitchell and webb look i think we're the baddies we've <laughs> yeah. got skulls on our helmets <laughs> it's that thing uh but i was very pleasantly surprised at the quality of this thing it was uh it was really well done i mean it gets a little bit treacly at times uh pulls at the heartstrings a little bit but there's a there's a, an underpinning of sadness uh that you get but i think it's because it's in italy during world war ii so it's got that whole bicycle thief sort of underpinning to it you know and so yeah yeah but the the character arcs are, are fairly well done you know it starts out they're kind of all just looking out for themselves and then they sort of realize that there's a wide a wider world uh etc etc and it's really nice to look at uh it doesn't it doesn't have the vibe of like the recent marvel stuff or any of that shit where you can tell that it's like green screen and whatnot so a lot of care went into this thing so it's just a well done uh piece for, for something called freaks versus the reich uh i was gonna say that that gets better budgets than marvel is what, I, what yeah, i'm it, hearing it okay. sounds like uh, it's got you know guillermo del toro all over it i can totally oh, see him doing this yeah this is this is literally like uh if pan's labyrinth 
uh, was turned into some sort of Doom Patrol X-Men sort of allegory. Mm. That's exactly mm. what this is. Uh, and it worked. I was shocked. Like watching this two hours unfold, I was just like, I can't believe that I'm enjoying this as much as I can. This should not be <laughs> this way. A movie called Freaks versus the Reich should just be the dumbest piece of shit I've ever seen. And yet here we are. So that's my recommend for the week. Watch it while you can. Good job. Nice. Dick Tracy, nineteen Dick. Dick Tracy. So yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Why? This why has this been fault. in your cross so long, Brian? Why has this been in your cross so long to talk about? Okay. So, oh, there's so many, so many reasons to get into this, and I, <laughs> I don't know where you guys land. So for me, understand that my introduction to Dick Tracy was I was working in the movie theater when this movie came out. Right. So, like so the trailer was. With it? Huh? Were you familiar with Dick Tracy at all? I mean, in the comics, sure. Like it was in the funny okay. pages. Right. Gotcha. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't follow it or or care much about it, right? But here's right. the thing: it's 1990, and it's the year after Batman, and Disney, having witnessed the the marketing onslaught that was 1989's Batman movie, is like oh, hold my beer, right? And they're going to go just pull out Disney on Dick Tracy. Like, whole Disney stores had nothing but Dick Tracy merchandise in them. They had... They thought thought they had this thing sewn up. They marketed the holy bejesus out of this thing. They spent more on the marketing than they did on the movie. And it was like the biggest Happy Meal tie-in. So this, this... this was just like Disney forcing its will upon the world and saying, God damn it, you will fucking watch Dick Goddamn yeah. Tracy in 1990. And <laughs> well, I th- and I think that's telling too because they saw the Batman and they just decided, hey, that marketing worked really well for them. We yeah. should do that without any consideration for the fact that unless you're a fucking depression era. <laughs> person of that generation you're not really going to know a whole lot about dick tracy it just doesn't work so so this is this is warren Beatty at age 52 in 1990 uh having having secured the rights to dick tracy producing and directing this lavish thing that basically every disney was like hey this is this year's batman and no it was not okay and but here's the thing I never, I, I never really watched it again after same, it was in same. the theaters in the 1990s. But there is this, there is this mystique around it. I love looking at pictures of the way it's designed. I love the stories around how it was made. I love. The, we're going to get into all of this stuff, but I wanted to revisit it on its own terms, absent the giant, you know, zeitgeist fuckery that was going on in 1990 yeah. and evaluated uh, on its own terms so that's yeah, why it's I'm a topic just, this week i'm just going to go on record and say that uh i still do not like it i love the way it looks but that's not enough the i think the main problem is you do again you have the albatross albatross of 1989's batman and it literally story beat for story beat looks feels like it just lifted everything from that movie but it just did it wrong. Uh, and so it just falls flat for me. 
Uh, the only takeaway this time around watching it again was I forgot that Madonna's actually really good in it. And that's really the only thing that I watched this time around. And I just was like, oh, I've totally forgot all of this. So because, but all the rest of it is just, it just falls apart. It's like, you still, you also get Danny Elfman doing the score, but there's nothing yeah. memorable about it. Uh, like you get all of this big star studded has to do all of the, the rogues gallery yeah. and they all just, they're ugh. okay. So with, without the, the, I mean, just the fact that this thing exists, like Warren Beatty, the producer. Okay. So yeah, Al Pacino, Dustin Hoffman, Madonna, um, Danny Elfman doing the score songs written by Steven Sondheim. He does not do Snore. that. Right. Snore. Like if you're no, going to do is... my thing, my thing is like, if you're going to get Sondheim to do some songs for it, why not just get him to do the actual score and get rid of Danny Elfman altogether? You know what I mean? It's just there's so many ways that they could have done better with this thing that they just did not. Ah, uh, well, I okay. I yeah. Uh, this thing was a mess. It was trash. I mean, it was trash. It, <laughs> the problem is, it's overproduced. It's yeah. It's based on yeah, but that it's based on an IP you've never heard of isn't the worst thing in the world. But they in no way ingratiate you to the material. They basically no. spend two hours going, hey, remember this guy? Hey, remember this guy? Hey, yeah, this guy yeah. looks like he looked in what? the comic. Doesn't he look like that guy? And the whole time you're going, who? Who? What? Who's mumbling? I mean, what's a flat top? I don't know what's going on. Yeah, they did. They huh. did overdo it a bit. It's sort of like when Batman Returns came in and then they just sort of uh, they started stuffing too many villains into the piece. Mm hmm. It's it's sort yeah. of like like if you if you compare this to Batman, which I'm going to continually do because it's there's Damn. no escaping that orbit. Uh, Batman works because it's got an interesting villain, A, the Joker. Uh, Big Boy Caprice is just not interesting at all to me. She's just a standard thug. You know what I mean? Uh, mm -hmm. Plus, Batman's got that interesting underpinning on the story where it's like, well, Batman made the Joker, but then you find out that the Joker actually made Batman. So it's like this, you know, whose fault is it kind of bullshit. Nah. And this one, it's <laughs> like, it's just a standard like cop going after whoever, whoever. I mean, it just as, as a story, it's just got nothing going on for it at all. Well, and I'm well, just also, bored to tears by it. Batman does actually make allowances for people who've never heard of Batman or the Joker, mm -hmm. which is, you mm -hmm. know, difficult to believe, but possible. This one, there's a lot of characters and they're all sort of, it, okay, they, it's kind of like they're beyond stereotypes of gangsters. They're, they're, you know, very in your face about none of these characters being fucking anything. They're all meaningless cartoons. It's like, yeah. well, then why do they're I care? They're interchangeable. Yeah, they're yeah. interchangeable. That's huh. why they have oh, all yeah. that goppy makeup on their faces to make up for the fact that there's nothing inside of these characters to you know give a shit about. That's yeah, the only the only actual players in this movie were the humans who didn't have makeup. It's like if they weren't interesting enough to have backstory, they they got putty on their faces. Yeah, I guess. So But it looks great. I I had a much better time watching this movie than you guys did. <laughs> really? Um mm. so so for me I didn't because I know fuck all about the comic, I didn't feel like I was like, hey, remember this guy? Hey, remember this guy? I felt like I was being dropped into a 
a whole sort of conceptual universe without them taking the time to do plotting exposition. It's just like, yeah, deal with it. There's weird looking fucking dudes everywhere. Yeah. And we're not going to explain nothing it. interesting about them. That's my point. Yeah. It's not like yeah. I think it's too difficult or not difficult enough. It's that it's all flat and two dimensional. It's like, yeah, just just I'm, have, you know, have have them all called bad guy, bad guy. You know, yeah. sure. Hey, but I mean, it I is, think it's, there's it bad is guy, bad guy. A, Go get bad guy. A newspaper <laughs> comic strip, right? Like yeah. that. Th there's a reason for that. I, I, I agree. Well, it's not an interesting but, character. It's not. But but again, a, yeah. Consider though that the 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 newspaper comic strip like had a ton of different varying characters, so much that they looked mm -hmm. like their names, and so it's like there was yeah. something to throwing them all in at once and just making them look like they did in the comic is not the same as actually explaining why yeah. they were interesting well, in the comics. Well, plus the fact that the only other corollary that I can come up with, with Dick Tracy is the flash Gordon from 1980. Cause that's also a pulp character from the same era. That one actually is entertaining as fuck. And I can watch that over and over because they did a good job of setting up the stakes, doing the characters. Mm -hmm. It's, it seems very organic almost. Uh, I mean, it's campy as hell, but yeah. you know whatever whereas dick There's, tracy just it doesn't have it can't it doesn't really work to carry that vibe yeah. it just thinks it's it's going to do it straight but then it's going to do everything like a comic panel from the right. 1940s it just doesn't work right There's it almost disconnect. feels lazy to me i yeah you, you, what now, there were a no. bunch of no. look, there no. were <laughs> look there were a bunch of serials they made of dick tracy right there were yeah there were actual like short you know like movie serials they did of them With that were brilliant no less yeah yeah like uh dick tracy versus crime incorporated there yeah. there are whole bits of that lifted by hitchcock into north by northwest i swear to god it's true go check it out but they there's no way are, i'm going to get through this sea of negativity to defend this movie but damn it i had I such mean, a better time with it i think but here's i the think thing, it is I, one of the most i think it's one of the most well executed from it i agree with you on the script okay the script is is kind of nothing all right i mean but it's from the guys that wrote top gun for fuck's I, sake so yeah who cares that's not what i'm talking about right yeah. um the 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 they just not only do they not make them like this anymore they never made them before like the closest i can think of is like sin city or something right where this That's... is its own like visual style it's its own thing entirely the cinematography the lighting the costumes the fact that they painted the universal backlot in exactly seven colors and they all had to be the right shade in every every place like it's the fact that it exists at all that they assembled this team that it it is it is this crazy alternate reality thing and it's all because of warren Beatty's ego and it's fascinating yeah but what you're like you know what it's like the remake shot for shot of psycho <laughs> yeah exactly it's basically <laughs> taking something that's already been done and then doing it the way it's already been done well it's like, it doesn't matter how like much this. effort Name goes anything into that's it. like that's done like this uh angley's hulk um since before it was made <laughs> yeah but, <laughs> well, but they I didn't mean, but you're do that about. before it was made yeah. because you know who who's going to copy something that's already been done yeah you're huh? it sounds to me like you're you're, you're getting saying bogged it's already down been done the, but i'm asking you to say in in what form at, ever had it been done before this as right, a but, comic but, oh 
Okay. Uh, I, I'm not explaining it correctly. No one had taken, you know, like the the original, I, well, IPs, of course, were a new thing, but taken, say, a comic strip and done it exactly as it was done already without zhuzhing it up with a vision. Like, yeah. they wanted to, like, one of the people, Walter Hill was one of the people who was originally attached to make Dick Tracy, and he was going to do it realistically, and you know mm -hmm. how that would have come out with Walter Hill. That would have been as fuck. <laughs> yeah. It would have been uh, Last Man Standing. I think that that movie is the result of him not getting Dick Tracy and saying, well, fuck it, I'll do it anyway. Yeah. But it would have been, like, <laughs> that raw, but at least it would have been an adaptation. Well, I don't think this is I an adaptation. The, this is just sort of, fill, you know, it's it's making a copy and it's not interesting to me <laughs> well and that's mm. an interesting sidebar before we pile on brian again <laughs> but uh the the it had been in production like pre-production since like 1975 it like went through a whole iteration of directors and writers and actors and la 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 until it finally landed on warren Beatty again because he owned the rights etc but like at one point the the closest it came uh, was like John Landis was going to do it and he was involved for a long time and then they had looked at like Harrison Ford for the role Richard Gere, Tom Selleck, Mel Gibson Clint I mean Eastwood. it's just like reading the time yeah Clint Eastwood uh, and then it went to like Richard Benjamin who's just you know he's a very workmanlike director nothing special so I couldn't imagine how that would come out and even the Walter Hill one, that was Joel Silver. So that would, you know, there would have been like helicopters and explosions and death and violence. I, and I think it would have been Last Man Standing because that is yeah. his approach to noir, which is yeah. still wicked violent. And he's wearing the same hat. Yeah. But uh, but then we get the thing with Beatty, who ultimately just says, well, if it needs to get done, I might as well be the one to do it myself. And that's he essentially basically why he says, I know that I'm too hard to work with, so I'm just going to have to direct myself because no one wants to direct <laughs> me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think from what I'm hearing, Brian, I mean, you you enjoy it, but I think you're you're getting too lost in the sizzle. And we're we're Eric and I are talking about the steak. And I'm, so that seems to be the disconnect. It's like, yes, I'm it lost looks great filmmaking this is the last great pre-cgi movie right like there is no cgi whatsoever and yet oh, it's wow. a yeah. completely artificial oh, yeah, yeah. world i will give you that i will yeah. give yeah, you yeah, that no. there there is some neat stuff going on that's non-digital but you yeah. know yeah and te technically I, <laughs> I i technically it's a great movie uh it's very well done it looks amazing like i remember my first trip to universal studios was before this came out but it was after they had wrapped and so yeah the back lots were all still painted in those bright colors yeah i remember i uh, think i was with you and it was like what in the fuck is this you know it was like and so <laughs> i was kind of jazzed to see the dick tracy movie when it came out but it's just that it's just it's a an empty bonbon i mean it looks great but that doesn't get me through it because halfway through the movie i'm bored out of my fucking skull and i i think i fell asleep for about a minute Here's or two this week while I was watching it again. So Here's something like, yeah. to think about. I mean, you know, now this is this is a clue, I think. I didn't know this until we were doing this show and I did some research. But uh okay, there was a novelization done. They do that for movies, right? They come out with the novel yeah, version. Right. So somebody can do some light summer reading because they liked that movie so goddamn much they have to read it now. <laughs> and uh the guy who did the novelization basically departed from the movie and they got pissed and so he went back and you know fixed it but left in what he called 
all of his fixes of plot holes. And Warren Beatty read it and then said, okay, let's incorporate that stuff into the movie because yeah. they didn't think through the film. They were only thinking visual. They weren't thinking of things like, you know, the story or, you know, they, they took dialogue <laughs> from the, the book because they didn't fucking write a movie. Yeah. It looks great. Yeah. But, but so do demo reels, you know, yeah. this is, this is tough this to is... watch because it's just look, it's just yeah. show. I don't know if either, I think Eric, you've seen it, but I don't know if you've seen this, Brian, a Jack Lemmon movie from the early sixties called how to murder your wife. <laughs> uh, and he plays like a chester gould type cartoonist who does a, a character called zap brannigan i was like a spy international it's very dick tracy uh but his whole deal is he'll go out with his uh butler and he'll stage the scenes and have the butler take pictures so that he can draw that that's yeah. what this movie feels like to me it's like somebody <laughs> went out and they storyboarded the fuck out of it but there's literally no story there and so it's just a bunch of empty images down the line. That's Which what is it why feels I like. brought up the remake of Psycho shot for shot. It's a great experiment. Right. It's just not, you know, great. <laughs> no, so no. The, the way the way I experienced it, like the first time I experienced it, it was I hated it uh, in 1990. And, Rightly so. And that's because it's its primary s sin is it is not Batman, and yeah. and it and, and the marketing campaign. So was was telling you this is fucking batman and no it goddamn is not right and so when i watched it this time i didn't have any of that pretense and i just took it as these guys are just trying to do a straight up 30s gangster stylized thing with that aesthetic and and maybe even sort of anachronistically outdated storytelling like I, I, it just i don't know to me i i was trying to just meet it on its own terms and i thought you know yeah it's a it's a bonbon but it's a hell of a bonbon yeah <laughs> and again I, I grant you it looks great yeah. it's just I, as a movie yeah. overall it's a failure to me yeah i mean mm. it's a, I, I will say that it did uh have have the honor of sparking that weird like depression era pulp resurgence in the movies in the 90s uh because you get like the rocketeer the next year even dark yeah. man the same year but then also the shadow and the phantom uh i would watch any of those movies again i mean i assume I watch batman sparks all of that but yeah <laughs> well but yeah but batman's <laughs> that was part, just part and parcel that but but you know what i mean batman, it's like just, the, batman just shows that you know regurgitating classics can you know make bank yeah but also Batman had the hurdle of like it had to overcome all of the kitschiness of the 60s TV show that everybody mm -hmm. was a, was affiliating with it. And I think that was the biggest hurdle to overcome. And then people like saw, oh, shit, Michael Keaton's going to be in it. What the fuck? And then it came out and everybody was blown away. Yeah. And they and Dick Tracy tried mm -hmm. to do the same thing where it's like they were showing old episodes of the Dick Tracy TV show and this and that. But apparently like some stations in new york and la wouldn't play it unless they cleaned up some of the outdated racial stereotypes i mean it's just a, there's a lot going on with this sort of source material uh that you have I'm, to be careful i am with. kind of baffled by the madonna thing right i know she was dating warren Beatty at the time which has to be Maybe. the primary explanation <laughs> right they, like, there's there's also like, talk but, that that was just uh bullshit made up to promote the movie 
that they weren't really well, dating. Uh, okay, but yeah. she releases an album called I'm Breathless, and on the Blonde Ambition Tour, she's got dancers dressed in the yellow trench coat and fedora as Dick Tracy. Like hey, that's she she that's she how they did it before TikTok, man. Thing. That's how they did it before TikTok. Come on, man. <laughs> you got to get the cross like, multiple. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was just like, okay, you know, go Madonna. I mean, Madonna didn't need that by 1990. She was huge. Like a virgin. Well, she, was like, she wanted to be an old. actress. Well, she apparently Sean, right. Yeah. Sean Young, Sean Young was the original pick and, a, and she claims that she quit because, or got fired uh, because she was, Warren Beatty. She was, she uh, was, uh, Tess Tracy Trueheart. Trueheart or Tess Trueheart. Oh, yeah. uh, was it? Um, okay. Yeah. I thought she was, I thought or she was Glenn supposed to be breathless. But but can, the actress, can we actresses, can we by the way take a minute and and praise Glenn Headley Glenn Headley who you might remember from Dirty Rotten Scoundrels she mm-hmm. rules yeah. in this movie <laughs> yeah always <laughs> and, and yeah, making, no, always works Glenn Headley yeah make, making Mr. Right yeah. but uh, the problem is that Tess Trueheart uh, almost elevates to the level of an interesting character but then she's just sort of becomes like every other damsel in distress. By the end, well, yeah, I mean, so I don't think they, I don't think they in do a totally the, misogynistic world, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's just sort of, eh. and the same with Breathless Mahoney, she almost becomes interesting and breaks out of that sort of mold, but then they just really keep her firmly within the femme fatale sex pot mold. Uh, and you can see Madonna kind of trying to break that, uh, but probably not successfully because she's not controlling the shots. And so it's kind of uncomfortable to watch some of that, especially when she comes out in that one scene where she's trying to seduce Dick Tracy and she's wearing that sheer top and you can see her boobs. It's like, this is not a Disney movie, which is why it's a touchstone film instead. So it's PG. Mm -hmm. So it's just everything about it is sort of jarring. It's like it wants to be a comic strip movie, but it also wants to be very serious as a gangster Mm -hmm. thing. It's like it just none of it gels for me at all. It's just all half baked. And both, I think that's both my Michelle Pfeiffer and Kim Basinger were considered for that role, by the way. Both of whom ended up being expensive. Batman women. They were too yeah. expensive. I think Madonna well, did Madonna it for scale. For scale she, on yeah, she did. Yeah. yeah. Made like 35 grand or something, which is just weird. Uh, but given all her other <laughs> previous film work up to that point, I guess it just it makes sense that her film career just fizzled because she didn't do anything good or interesting, really. So, yeah. Maybe she just needs to be well directed. I mean, maybe possible. Maybe, yes. Then our 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 rogues gallery of way way overqualified actors, right? You've got Dick (laughs) Van Dyke is in this movie. Charles Durning is in this movie. Kathy Bates is here. James Caan shows up for a hot second. Um, I love that. And William Forsythe is flat top, and he's totally buried in all of the makeup. But when you know it's William Forsythe, it's just funny because then you can see him in other stuff that he's played the heavy yeah. uh, or gone crazy, like in Raising Arizona, where he's one of the brothers. It's like it's it's like and, if you listen to the voice, you're like, oh, that's totally William Forsythe. Yeah. Good on you. And I really feel like he's the one working the hardest, you know, right? <laughs> he's, yeah, he's yeah. the one who really thought he was in a movie. And the rest of them were just like, oh, I remember the comic strip. Yeah, this is a dumb fucking joke. I'll take a paycheck. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, and so then, many of them are just barely there. Paul Servino kind of cameos as as lips manless at the beginning. Yeah. You got uh, uh, Dustin Mandy Hoffman. Just, oh, yeah. wait, wait. 
Can we talk about Dustin Hoffman's performance as Mumbles because as his mumbles. whole thing uh, is that's funny. unintelligible. <laughs> okay, you heard him, Mrs. Green. That's his testimony. Okay, boys, get him out of here. His what? It is it is a highlight of the whole thing, but you can tell that uh, Beatty and Hoffman have worked together quite a bit because this is this is after Ishtar, yeah. etc., and they have a good rapport, and you know that Beatty just gave Hoffman carte blanche. So yeah, do it however you want to, as long as you can't tell what he's saying, and he just says the whole time going. <laughs> so that was fun i will give you that and then of course uh, they give al pacino just all the scenery to chew as big boy caprice right and yeah. he's he's doing full-on al pacino 1990 style can i say that is so the weird. one part i laughed out loud watching because when when he's like tying up Tess Trueheart to the thing, and he just keeps talking, and he just keeps babbling, and finally he just says, "Can't you see I love you?" And I just thought that was so fucking funny. <laughs> or when they when they find the well the the microphone bug in his office, and before that he's like yeah. just screaming about how Tracy's killing all of the the business in this. I want him dead. Both. Of them. I want this no face dead, and I want Tracy dead. What's the matter? You bums forgot how to kill people. Doesn't your work mean anything to you anymore? Have you no sense of pride in what you do? No sense of duty? No sense of destiny? I'm looking for generals! What do I got? Foot soldiers! I want Tracy dead! And Spit is just like flying through the prosthetics. It's like a very committed performance. Uh, but it just, again, you compare no, it to, to Nicholson and Batman, it just, it falls flat somehow to me. It just I've like no, I've seen it because the absolute too much best of, there's of no Pacino in this movie. It, the the absolute best is the Madonna's character is rehearsing a Sondheim song called "More," <laughs> and you know with more, the dancers more, and the whole scene more, is, yeah. is Pacino like just shitting on it. He's like you know yelling at the dancers and trying to get them to to do the show, and he's smacking their butts, and he's just being a complete <laughs> jackass through the whole yeah. song and ruining it. It's amazing. Uh, so it just yeah to me it's uh it just doesn't quite meet some of its parts it wants to be there it tries to be there it just but it doesn't stick the landing one mm -hmm. iota uh and that's what's unfortunate mm -hmm. to me and it's i mean it made a shit ton of money it's one of the top movies of 1990 but so many people just don't remember it at all which is a shame because of all the production work that went into it uh, my as an yeah, as an audit my verdict is unique. My verdict is it didn't have a reason for being. That's why right. it does it doesn't try to go anywhere. All it does is right. stick with its color palette and its look and its you know attempt to recreate a cartoon strip, but it doesn't need to be. And that's why I don't like it. Yeah, well, we have to assume I mean, that Warren Beatty was a fan because he really oh yeah, put himself oh yeah. out there to do it. And in fact, the the other thing that makes this so damn interesting, other than just the singular uniqueness of the film itself is what's happened since, right? So Warren Beatty gets into a lawsuit 
with like i think it's united features or whomever thinks you know thinks that they have the rights and he's like no no i have a contract from 1985 i i have the rights and i and you haven't executed any of the things you have to do to get it back and in the end in 2010 he does a special called the dick tracy special in which he plays dick tracy and <laughs> is interviewed by leonard malton and this, according to a judge in 2011, is enough to execute on Beatty's part of the contract that says he still gets to retain the rights if he keeps making Dick Tracy content. Yeah. That's and, like the Fantastic Four so, movie that Corman did, man. That's just sneaky. So great. So, so Malton is interviewing Dick Tracy and is like, hey, is there going to be a sequel? And he's like, you'll have to ask Warren Beatty about that. Oh, God. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, it, and then, because of all no, of that, no, no, it, it gets just, so it, much worse. Yeah. And like so in 2023, he does it again. In 2023, he makes another Dick Tracy special in which it's a Zoom call between Leonard Malton, Dick Tracy, and Warren Beatty. Warren Beatty. <laughs> Is Dick Tracy on the, the wristwatch communicator thing? Please tell me yes. No, he's just on Zoom. Yeah, uh, and, and it's and, just Warren Beatty in a yellow hat and trench coat. You know, just basically, <laughs> hi, I'm here for contractual obligations. Yeah, I am Looking Dick tired. Tracy. But, Looking tired. Yeah, trademark. But but here's the thing: uh, Dick Tracy criticizes the movie to Warren Beatty's face, and says that if there's ever going to be a sequel, they need to cast somebody younger. So this is basically wah, wah. Beatty's way of saying, if I do hey, somebody, another movie, we're getting a younger actor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's fishing. He's like, is anybody interested in this job? Yeah. Well, here's <laughs> what I think is funny. like if you if you read the history of the actual comic, uh, I I didn't realize this until I did some tertiary research. But apparently, when they, they hit the space age in the '60s, Dick Tracy actually made it to the moon and like met the oh, moon boy. maid and had like a whole thing where moon technology became the standard issue on the police force on Earth. And we had like air cars and flying mm. vehicles and shit like that. It was like, that is just so batshit crazy to me that that sort of uh, follow through could happen on a comic strip that's been around for decades. And suddenly like, <laughs> oh, the space age is here. We'll go to the moon. Nobody's going to notice. Wah, wah, wah. It's like, wow. So maybe they should try that as a sequel, right? Well, what we learned in 1990 is that Dick, Dick Tracy is the first person who didn't silence his fucking phone in the theater. So like yeah, I'm on my way. Yeah. We're actually in a yeah. 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 He's like watching an opera and his stupid wristwatch. We're calling to Tracy, calling to Tracy. And you hear people in the audience like, hey, what is that? And it's like yeah. and then he just talks to somebody. It's like, you're in the opera, dude. Like, step into the lobby. Yeah. For real. It's, it's funny. Anyway. It's like you kind of wanna uh I I, I mm, how to put this. He has the basically a cell phone, you know, decades before anyone has cell phones. And yet his is still better because it fits on his wrist. You know, it doesn't have to be like yeah. a great big candy bar of a phone. Even even if you try and have a phone call with your Apple watch, you have to have an iPhone nearby. It's like, True. yeah, can we can we have that? That was neat. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's, yeah, but that's a straight lift from the comp. So, you know, yeah. It was in that no, respect, he in was fact, very. I suspect he, the Apple Watch is inspired by the Dick Tracy comics. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, yeah. or, you know, I in mean, the same way the iPhone is inspired by the Star Trek communicator. And there's your Star Trek reference for the week, guys. Thank you. Oh, God. God damn it. <laughs> uh, and I, but I do have to what? Yeah. But I do have to wonder if, like, uh, the Dick Tracy strip was influenced by Batman for the Rogues Gallery or vice versa, or if that's just something that organically happened in the Depression era where they just had these like crazy. Probably a <laughs> result like, of comic like strips, villainy. right? You can't keep yeah. showing the same bad guy because you yeah. arrested him last week. Yeah. Yeah. But, like Dick Tracy you, just has I mean, all these. Yeah. But I mean, you get like prune face you, and like whatever whatever they're called i mean it's just it was just too much because he put because yeah. Beatty put so many in for just you know like like set design they were just there and then they kill him and then it's done it's just like oh, oh wow. but see i kind of love that because again all this weird shit is there with no explanation whatsoever and it's not important you either it's kind of like the star wars cantina scene right it's like we're not explaining any of this you can you can make up your own <laughs> backstory if you want you know I guess it's just, this is the I world guess. you're in. Deal with it. So, so basically, anyway. what it sounds like is that Brian enjoys it because it's all flashbang, looks great, it's kind of fun. Whereas Eric and I are just like, why did they spend all this money to make it look so good and just have this turd in the center? Yeah, hire I, hire a, hire Pretty a much. writer. You know? <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, we've yeah, all and seen. I'm not Reds, even going right? to argue that the yeah. script is good. I'm not. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. If you approach it like, say, the French New Wave, which is just, you know, like, what does it look like, the style of the thing? Yeah, it's cool. It is. I mean, it looks yeah, neat. Yeah. I, but yeah. I would recommend it as a piece of film history to an interested millennial or Gen Z person. Like, if you want to see sort of like the best of what optical compositing looked like and and just something you've never damn well seen before yeah don't expect a great story don't expect to fall in love with the characters but as a as a cultural artifact i think it's fascinating and maybe yeah. that's all there is to say about that yeah <laughs> I, mean, I think yeah i think um, after that movie i think at some point i was i was asking are they going to have an academy award for best marketing uh uh team because <laughs> that was the biggest because part the, of that film yeah because yeah. for this one the award would still go to fucking batman if you're gonna be real i mean oh, shit. well the previous year yeah yeah uh but i don't know so were you both working in the theater so, movie theaters when this came out yes what okay yeah were you working in your movie theater yeah. when this came out okay yeah oh yeah so, yeah and that trailer was in front of everything Tracy, yeah. Tracy, oh, Tracy, Tracy. Yes, oh, a criticism. <laughs> Wait, a criticism I forgot to make uh, is that we have, again, we have like 12 or 14 different, you know, unique villains who are all exactly the same, really. But they're, you know, they're all given these unique names and these unique faces and voices and whatever. And then we kill them all inside of 60 seconds in one you know like very <laughs> dumb shootout where they try and drive away and dick tracy just shoots them all like there's there's yeah. nothing interesting that happens no no thought no nothing just he shoots maybe that's them. the holdover from <laughs> yeah. the walter hill maybe that's the walter hill influence walter hill would have made it interesting walter hill would have <laughs> had like four different <laughs> kinds of death for each yeah. individual one this was just bang bang dead bang bang dead yeah 
if Walter Hill did it, you'd have had like the Miller's Crossing moment with the Tommy gun. Yeah. You know, you would yeah. have something like that. Almost poetry. Yeah. Again, but watch Last like, Man yeah. Standing for like one of the <laughs> one of his best sort of gun operas. Uh, I still I can't watch that movie all the way oh, through. I love that movie. We'll have to do that soon. Because uh, I still remember <laughs> we watched that in the theater and <laughs> there was the scene in the middle where both sides met in the middle of the desert and Bruce Willis character is in the middle and then they <laughs> swing some deal and they all leave and it's still Bruce Willis standing there and I turned to you and I said what do you know he really is the last yeah. man standing well he is a man and he's standing and he's the last <laughs> yeah. one that's one yeah like so, that's awful literal so, so yeah folks this is the magnificently huge podcast where one of us makes the other two watch movies they don't want to watch <laughs> yeah, and apparently exactly. someday that's going to be last man standing if you subscribe to the podcast you'll uh. catch that episode <laughs> Yeah, and then you can share it on your social media feeds with your friends. And if you want to tell us what movie you think we should be forced to watch, you can reach out to us on any, any of our socials or or whatever. You can find all of the links to those on maghuge.com, m-a-g-h-u-g-e.com, or you can email magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com and tell us how you want us to suffer. Uh, I did it to these guys this week. I'm sure they're getting their revenge real soon. So stay yeah. tuned. Don't be a dick, Tracy. <laughs> <laughs>